0: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe.
1: What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us on the show, we have Chris Paulis of Apex Fitness Center, joining us from Heath, Ohio. Chris, what's going on, man? How are you today?
2: I'm doing well. How are you doing, Joe?
1: I am very, very well. I am excited to dig into this. And I got to clarify a lot of the background questions that were spinning around in my brain before we got into this recording. But for the people listening, Chris, who aren't yet familiar with Apex, give us some, some context here. When you describe what Apex Fitness Center is in your own words, what do you tell people?
2: Yeah, so... We are a 24-hour uh, gym that is actually in our local mall, and we have about 14,000 square foot. And so we try to kind of just be a little bit of everything as best we can. Uh, so we, you know, we have the free weights. We have a good bit of turf that people can use a sled or box jumps. We have two different boot camps rooms. We do have a room that we call the pit. That's kind of like a powerlifting gym. Um, takes up about a thousand square foot. And we let guys go in there, you know, throw weight around, use chalk, you know, rip their shirt off, scream a little bit. (laughs) We have your lock. Whatever they do. you know, Yeah. Whatever they do. Um, And so then that's the gym side. And then we also offer, we have about six or seven personal trainers and we have a personal training uh, focus on the side of the gym as well.
1: Got it. So a lot is, is going on here. Yeah. Talk to me a little about how this all came to be because the story and, and the origination of this is important to how we got here. I think a lot of people kick around ideas like you had that you took action on. So why don't you kind of bring us back down memory lane of when the idea started formulating in your brain or mm-hmm. your partner's brain of what Apex could be. Yeah. So
2: so like you briefly just said, I have a partner. I'm a 50-50 partner with another gentleman named Trevor. And it actually kind of started for both of us probably about 10 years ago. So I'm 30 now. Um, so when about 20. I worked at my local YMCA as a fitness attendant. I uh, was not a trainer, but I was cleaning up after everybody and I loved working out myself. And so the, the idea kind of got planted that maybe I could be a trainer. And of course, had some friends that I'd help work out and kind of show around the ropes. And they always said, you know, you should get into training. And so I kind of bounced that idea around and actually got a second job working at a coffee shop where I ran into and met a a gentleman well into his fifties who had been training a personal trainer for 20, 30 years. And he was also a bodybuilder and a pastor of a church as well. And so I actually wanted to sit down with the gentleman and ask him all about how he got to where he had gotten to and, and the decisions he had made um as a pastor but also doing bodybuilding which is just a very like me focused sport and it led to a lot of good conversation for hours at a time so about two or three months into these conversations he said i actually own a small training studio would you be interested in being a trainer and i said know, yeah, i have no clientele i, I you know I, I don't really know anything and he said well i have enough i can give you some and help you get started so i knew at that point that i wasn't going to college wasn't exactly sure what i wanted to do and i loved working out i loved working with people so I started with him. Um, this was probably about eight, nine years ago. And in about six months, ended up becoming close to full time. Uh, you know, had 10, 15 clients, you know, doing about 30 sessions a week. And that was my only gig. That was the only thing I was doing. And uh, about a year into that, we needed to go bigger. So at that time, we had a small space of about 3,000 square foot, maybe even 2,500. And it was nothing more than kind of some open space for a boot camp And probably 400 square foot for some machines and so we wanted to move somewhere bigger where we could personal train and have more access to more of what we would need to do better so i became a small partner in the business it was called max life Um, so i was a max life owner and i put money into getting us a bigger space and more equipment for that space and so we did that for about three years where we were just personal trainers we only had personal training space and i got to a point where I wanted to know what the next step was for the space, for the gym, for me. And I really wanted to tap into something bigger because I quickly kind of realized that with a personal training only space and only going off of trainers, the amount of different types of revenue that you can create are limited. Um, there was you know, the only monthly reoccurring fees were going to be what my trainers did. And if they were having a bad month, the gym was having a bad month. And you know to cover my basic rent utilities and all that stuff, I needed to come up with about three grand a month and we were charging our trainers 20% of whatever their revenue were, that was at the time. And so to come up with, you know, 20%, you know, to get over three grand just to cover everything I needed, my trainers bringing in, I don't know, like eight to 10 grand, um, themselves per month. And in the city that I'm in, um, it's not a super high income city. Um, I would say the average income is close to 40 K to 50 K a year. Um, and, and so, Needless to say, there's a lot of trainers and the amount that you can charge and the amount of people that are getting trained just isn't super high. Um, And so out of, you know, four or five trainers in the space that we had, I think two or three of us were full time. The other ones were all just part time. So quickly realizing there wasn't going to be a ton of high revenue to create. And we were in a space that was 4,000 square foot and just didn't have the space to do a membership. I kind of started to try one, but it was it was very difficult to kind of get it. it Yeah, it doesn't make sense. just didn't work. Um, And so I kind of, we kind of just sat in that space for about two, three years of our trainers bringing enough money to pay our bills, but really that's not enough. Um, And on the other side, my partner who I didn't even know at the time, Trevor, he was kind of doing the exact same thing at his space. Um, He had trainers, he had a facility. Uh, It wasn't quite big enough to do a membership altogether. Didn't quite have the trainers, you know, just to bring in a ton of income and, and, and profit. So we both kind of sat like not knowing each other, not really doing it together yet, but we sat for like three or four years, just kind of, making, breaking even, uh, training and keeping our own profit from our trainings. But that was kind of all we had. Um, and so COVID hit, um, and my partner actually ended up retiring out of the industry and I ended up buying the rest of max life. So I was the sole owner. So COVID hit and, you know, slowly watched our gyms close, watched clientele go to nothing, watched all my trainers, either quit training altogether, or they're like, I'm going to go do my own thing and kind of do it online. Um, and so I got, so that kind of took my dream of creating this bigger thing and, you know, mm. to zero. And I was like, I just got to try and survive in the space that I have. And so uh, my now partner, I simply knew from being in the industry. Um, he was just another uh, trainer. And uh, as I was telling you, Joe, before this, you know, in the industry, you know, having nothing negative said about you is kind of like the biggest uh, piece of respect <laughs> that you get uh, just because it's not a, a, you know, a lot of times there's just some shady people in it that do it or guys that just don't have always have the highest morals. Uh, morals. And so he actually just called me up one day. He said, Hey, you want to grab lunch? And I was like, sure. Uh, You know, this guy named Trevor, you know, hitting me up and I know of him, but he sat down he said, you know, so this is going to sound kind of crazy, but I have a proposition for you. Um, You know, my gym's not doing great. And I don't know if yours is. And I said, Nope, mine's mine's not doing great either in the middle of COVID. He said the local mall who I have kind of a plug in with, and I've worked with before, they have a space that's about 14,000 square foot. Um, and they want to open a gym in it. They want to do something with, and they want to put a gym there. And I'm not interested in doing it on my own. I can't really fill that size space on my own. Um, and so would you be interested at all in going together? And immediately I was just like, you know, I, I don't really know if this makes sense. Uh, These are
1: uncertain times to begin
2: with. Uncertain times to begin with. But the more we talked, the more I realized there might be an amazing opportunity because of these uncertain times, nobody wanted to rent anything. And so, starting a business in the midst of all of this might be an amazing time to, to negotiate a contract and to negotiate uh, leasing space.
1: Yeah, clearly they were reaching out to you guys to try to exactly. spot. So, um,
2: and so we went in, and I, you know, so I, I had a four thousand square foot space at the time. I was paying about twelve hundred dollars a month for the space, which was a pretty good rent price for that that time, anyway. So we went and, and you know, their negotiators came out or their, their manager came out and they said, you know, we're kind of looking at about five to $6,000 a month for this space. And, and I was just like, you know what? I'm not interested in my, my view at the time. And, and it even still is now, and this is kind of like into the whole business side of things. It's if, if I'm running a space that let's say a catastrophic happens and I had to begin paying for this out of my own savings or my own pocket of trainings, if I'm paying in lease, an amount that within three months I'd be bankrupt on my own, then I'm probably playing too much. That was my thought at the time of the size I was, and I said, so if it's five thousand, six thousand dollars a month for my lease alone, that means within three months, because if something like COVID happens again and I have to run it myself, within three months I'm going to owe somebody fifteen to twenty thousand dollars. I said I can't afford that, and I was like, in my current space, like what just happened, I had four months that we didn't have anything. It cost me, you know, six thousand dollars, but that's I could I could afford to keep my business alive, not not beg, go yeah. bankrupt. Beg- so I told them That's that a, there's a big delta there. Big, big difference. And I said, I'm just going to let you know now we're in different ballparks. I said, unless if you can come in close to what I'm paying now, I'm not even interested in the space because I'm not doing that to my stress of my life. So we just kind of played hardball and said, I know that would pretty much give us this place for like free pennies on the dollar of what our rent would be. I was like, but I need you guys to come a whole lot closer to match it. So we just kind of played hardball. They went away for about a month. They came back and they ended up giving us uh, 14,000 square foot for about 1,500 a month. Um, That was where our contract started, and so then it slowly built up over the years of increasing our rent, but that was kind of when, when they came back with that number, you know, we both kind of said okay this is probably something that we can make happen. Um, In a worst case scenario between the two of our incomes covering $1,500 a month that's that's like nothing, Um, and so you know that was the summer of 2020. Um, that was in about June. We kind of got them negotiated starting in July. They came back with that price point. So in in August, we signed the contract, a three-year contract in our local mall. Um, we made them put a door out in the front so that we could have our own door. And in August, we got the keys and began our personal training out of the space, even though it was under construction. And we opened to the public in November of
1: 2020. So to, to summarize a lot of this, mm-hmm. Partner and, and you had... Somewhat parallel lives for a long time. We were running facilities and a tale as old as time in fitness. We were doing okay. We were breaking even. We were generating small bits of profit, but just somewhat limited based on the model. You know, we're trading time for dollars. We can't do that much more from a revenue standpoint. The opportunity presents itself to flip the model on its head a little bit to go to still incorporate the one on one training model, but to have the majority of this be driven membership-based mm-hmm. instead. I appreciate the the part that you bring up where overhead had to make sense. You yeah. know, in a worst case scenario, I want to be able to be able to sleep at night. No, and I could cover it and we're still going to be okay. Yep. We set ourselves up unbelievably well for success with a low overhead. To where you and another person could cover it without really blinking, yeah, so that the business could build. This is late 2020. Talk to me kind of from that time onwards. What's the biggest difference in your business from November 2020 to March
2: 23? Oh man, um, the biggest difference now, um. Can you, uh, what, when you say biggest difference, do you mean in what we offer, what we're thinking, our thought process? Let me,
1: let me narrow it down a little bit. What is the biggest differences you see from an opportunity standpoint as an owner? Okay. From where you, from where you originally envisioned this business when you were signing the contract to what you see now. Okay. What's, what's kind of, where's your brain at with all
2: of this? Yeah. Okay. I mean, that, that's a great question. So wh- I think when we first opened, it really was, I'm tired of spinning my wheels to work an extra 20 hours a week on the business and get nothing in return. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm starting a family at the time and, and I'm just, I just know this isn't it, you know? And so opened the gym and our thought was okay, how do we get people through our doors? there are several gems around here um you know what kind of you know how much do we have to give away for free essentially to get people through the doors how low of a price point do we need to have um we also so our our basic membership is $19.99 a month um, for our 24-hour business um and, and so how do we set that price you know are we worth that much do we need to go cheaper do we need more expensive um how do we even sign people up, you know, can we afford? At the time, we didn't have an employee that was working. So, I mean, me or my, my partner Trevor had to be here every hour that the gym was going to be open to the public. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we, you know, we're cleaning things, we're trying to fix broken things. The only things that we were buying were used machines that we were getting at, um, when, when gyms were going out of sale we'd go to the the foreclosure we market, picking up, market list. yeah we, we were not buying new things uh we were buying things that were half broken or we were buying things that we thought worked that as soon as we plugged them in still didn't work because we got ripped off um and you know it was just like what do we have to do to survive to advance you know the construction that we did we did half of it ourselves because we're like we're handy enough guys we're going to do it this way uh we had a guy come in and paint and we We were like hey by any chance would you trade us and so he has a lifetime membership to our gym forever because he did the painting and it was like a huge space he was like i'm gonna let you know this is like a twelve thousand dollar project um this is what i would charge somebody so he has a lifetime membership but he did it for free and it was just like how do we make it how do we get to where our doors can stay open um and and that was just kind of like the month to month of just like all right how can we get 10 new people to sign up this month and it was very much just like how do we crawl? How do we, we get a little creative? Yeah. How in the world do we do we make this work? Um, And now, man, it's just how do we separate ourselves from every single gym in the area? Um, What do we do different? How can we be even better in the ways that we're different? You know, we grew, grew up in gyms, and our thought every gym we've been a part of, it, you know, it, it's the new shiny thing when a gym's in town, but Generally, the owners or whoever's running the thing isn't in the day to day, isn't using it, and so they just kind of let it go. Mm-hmm. And so, how can we bring something to our customers and our members? I say your gym's different than other gyms that I'm a part of. You guys are different than the other owners that I'm a part of. Um, you know, we talk a lot about the culture that we have here. Uh, you know, it starts with Trevor and I, and just handing down the culture to everybody so that they the space is a space that they want to be in. Um, and, you know, so and now our, our next question is, OK, so we've, we've gotten pretty good at what we do now. What what is next for us? We both as, as we enforce, were, so we're, we're trainers first, primarily kind of gym owner second. And, and we've gotten better at the gym owner side. But our passion in training, we have a specialty in athletic development. I mean, that's probably half of trainers, but my partner, he played college basketball, um, got invited to play over in Europe. So, I mean, he's just really solid. Uh, I played a little bit of everything, never played in college, but, but love sports. And the one thing that we don't have is we, our ceilings are about 11 foot. And so therefore with that, there's no such thing as actually participating in a sport in here. We can't need do any training. Our, our dream would be to have space, to have the facility to actually bring in basketball or volleyball courts or something Mm. train inside of that. Um, That's kind of, I think our end all be all for both of us is bring the athletic, sports club side of things merge it together with a full size of a gym and bring the best of both worlds and kind of be the spot so i'm in newark ohio it's about 30 minutes away from columbus in columbus they have gyms like that all over the place fairly normal in newark there is not Um, and so it's a great even it's our passion and there's a great opportunity in the area if we can do it Um, if we can bring that space that has both that's so so my mindset now is okay we have this under control what do I need to do to take us to the next level? What do we need to do? What steps need to be taken? Are we taking those steps? What kind of timeline do we want to give ourselves and what kind of opportunities do we need to begin looking for to make that dream a reality?
1: Yeah. And and so the natural evolution of the business owner, right? When we opened our doors, getting real creative just to survive to next yeah. month, right? We don't have a 5-year plan. It was the get to the end of the week plan oh, yeah. at that point as time goes on and we see a little bit more success we can extend out that time horizon of planning to give us a little bit longer of a runway but it's a it's a completely different perspective you know mm-hmm. the i think the important part of this is that the conviction the the belief in the efficacy of this between you and your partner is there that provides a lot of confidence to invest for the long term, yeah, you know, it changes things wholeheartedly. I want to hear a little about how we were able to find that growth over time, because finding leads and customers for a model like this, and finding leads or customers for a personal training studio is vastly different. Yeah. What worked for you guys just to get some people through the doors?
2: Mm-hmm. So I I think. I would say of our first sixty members, forty of them were our friends. <laughs> they were people that Good we trusted already. Okay, uh, people that knew us and that we knew that when we said, "Hey, we're opening a gym. It's twenty-four hour, and we're actually fully functioning," they were going to come and join. Um, and so those were definitely the first forty to sixty. Uh, we did, you know, a, a big Facebook promotion where it was nine ninety nine for your first, you know, three months. I, I think what really got us started. Was our personal connections and our just our first goal when we first opened for the first year? It was my partner and I, we're gonna be in the gym every day. We're going to know the members' names. We're going to, you know, I I think six months in, I looked at them and I said, you know, there's some members that I talk to almost every single day that are either learning what they're doing or whatever. I said, I think I'm gonna start working out with somebody every week. Like just pick someone that I'm kind of kind of buddies with and say, hey, you know, uh, Clay, hey Brad, whatever, hey, you want to hit a workout with me next week? And just creating this place where it becomes more than a gym and it becomes a place that like I just look forward to going. Uh, I look forward to being there. So in our, our main entrance room, we have two ping pong tables. Uh, we actually, you know, we actually started a ping pong league because people started using the tables. There'd be a wait time. And I was just like, that'd be fun to do. Uh, so we cre- I created a league and we had a schedule every week. We had, I think we had 20 people in it at one point. Um, in our other room, we have a lounge. Uh, my partner, he started a Friday night social. So at seven o'clock, whoever wanted to could show up, work out for an hour with him. And then there's a, because we're in the mall, there's a restaurant nearby with a bar. And he was just like, hey, then we're going to go over to the restaurant, bar, have a drink or whatever, and just kind of watch some TV, and just hang out. Um, and, and so it was just, how can we create a culture here that people are going to go home and tell their friends about it, going to say like, you have to come check this place out. I love the vibe that they're bringing. I love the guys. Um, and, and it's more than just, oh yeah, I go work out there and I come home. It's, it's, it's my gym. It's cool. It's cheap, but it's just like any other gym around here, but it's just like, oh no, you have to come check out this place or, oh, I would never leave this place in a thousand years. Um, or, or guys that when they see me and Trevor unloading the truck with a new treadmill, they're, they're throwing their bags down there. Like, Hey, let me lift that for you. Let me come in and help you with that. Um, and that's really what it's been. I've seen that. I think the price point obviously helps. But, I think what had really allowed us to grow and consistently grow is the kind of culture, is the kind of place that when people are here and they get to know us and they get to know the space, uh, they really look forward to coming. Um, and they they just enjoy being here. Yeah, so I, I think that yeah. has a lot to do with why we've we've made it. We actually had one sure. guy. And and it was I was like you know I'm gonna take this as compliment. One guy actually canceled his membership, and he was talking to one of my trainers and and friends. And he says, you know what, I, I don't want a gym that's so like happy and like motivating. Like I want to I want a place where I'm yelled at, screamed at, and cussed out. That's <laughs> where I want to be. And so we're like, you know what, it's that's totally. Fine. If that's the gym you want, there's a gym in town I can point you to. That's not me. Yeah, and that I take it as a compliment, nice. compliment because that means I'm doing something right that you don't think that this yep. place.
1: Sure. And so word of mouth has been, if I'm understanding yes. properly, a catalyst behind a lot of this yeah for clarity's sake here have you guys put any kind of money into into advertising or marketing along the way or has this purely organic growth internally
2: so we have now for the first about year and a half i would say i think we did two or three different giveaways and we did a facebook ad for like 500 bucks spread out over a week or two that was the first year and a half uh we just started about a year ago uh we got a billboard so we have a billboard that goes out we start off with a radio ad uh, we decided to put in about a thousand dollars a month into marketing to kind of see what it would do um, and we after about three months we stopped the radio ad we just didn't think it was worthwhile but we kept the billboard we liked that um, you know I, I mentioned our first year was it was kind of like how can we survive how can we stay and then the second year my thought was how do we become the main gym that when people think of the area there's like five gyms that they think of like, these are the options. I wanted to be one of those gyms. I wanted to be named. And I also wanted to put roots down that we weren't going anywhere and people knew that. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of a a billboard kind of got our name out there with the big boys. um, We wanted to be compared to the big boys, not just like another, you know, small little spot that, you know, who knows what they'll be there here in a couple years. And so we did start, our billboard was our our big thing. We still do that um, and we'll, we'll probably continue doing that. So we have started marketing in the past year.
1: Cool. How relevant is social media in all of this for you guys? I
2: I feel like social media is kind of one of those things like it can be hard to quantify. Uh, we it, it's one of those things where. I wish that with every single person I came in, I could say I've asked every single person, they fill out a survey, I have all of the statistics for every single thing, that I yeah. but I haven't, been like, sometimes, a lot of times I'll ask, oh, hey, how'd you hear about us? Uh, but I'm not perfectly, so I want to say it's relevant, it helps, but I, I would not by any means say, like, it's a the driving force. I think it re-edifies and it's, it's a spark every once in a while that we want um it helps us you know so every single year every january we do a one dollar we kind of match planet fitness we're like one dollar sign up and for your first month and no joiner fee and we obviously blast that via via facebook via instagram And i think in those ways it plays a big role but in terms of daily engagement and in terms of just regular um avenues i think i think it helps bolster what we're already doing but i don't think it's a driving force
1: okay yeah no I, i i would probably agree In the old 90s sales data with we need seven plus impressions for somebody to eventually sign up, everything plays its part, right? You know, the billboard, the radio, we just need to be front of mind when people are ready to pull the trigger on this. I ask about social media just because so much of our industry is driven by that and so much of people's time is spent on those platforms, so it can be yeah uh, a driving force but it has to be you know time and effort put into it it's not yeah. a it's not a magic bullet kind of thing where today is not working but tomorrow it's going to be hundreds of leads and all of these clients yeah. that we never knew existed it's oh. it's not it's not that simple
2: and i know? think for me too with the social media it's kind of like if i'm thinking if if i have five different places in in columbus that are all like they look like a good date night to go to and i'm like there's a nice restaurant, a nice billiards place. There's a nice bar, all that stuff. And I simply see them. They're going to catch my initial interest. But if I have a friend who comes to me and says, yo, I went to this place and I also went to this place. One place, they're okay. Neither of them were bad, but man, you have to go check out this bar. I'm far more likely to go to that bar than I am just sure. because I saw some cool interactive stuff. So for me, I want to match all the other places in town with social media and what they're doing. But I, but if a friend goes to somebody or one of my members goes to somebody like, no, you have to come check out my gym. They're far more likely. And I've just seen that they're much more likely to come and give it a chance and have a positive mindset already and want to join than just purely social media. And so, That's so true. I, you know, and it goes back to that culture we're creating. So most of the time when I do ask, Hey, what brought you here? It's generally, Oh, my son. Oh, my friend. Oh my whatever works out here. Yeah.
1: Of course, we're going to take those, right? We love yeah. those leads. Yeah. We'll take those leads all day long. Yep. Now, I mean, tell me kind of paint a picture of, of where all of this is going, Chris. We we explored how it got started and, and the grassroots effort of all of this.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: What is what's the ceiling on the location that you're in? And yep. where do we want to take this thing long term?
2: Yeah. Um, so I'll start with the ceiling of where we're at now. So so the way that our facility is is set up it has, because once again, we're in a mall. And so at one point it was two or three different actual stores that are connected through hallways. So our first open space from the mall side is this bigger 5,000 square foot, just open space purely. And then you walk through a set of doors and you're you're in a hallway that's sizable, walk through some more doors, hallways. So it's not just one big 14,000 square foot open space. It's four or five different spaces of like three to 5,000 square foot. So when we first got here we kind of just threw all of our stuff into the rooms that we that they would go into obviously at that time we weren't anywhere close to the size that we are now and so everything fit with plenty of open space so as as we've added things we've kept the current alignment of how it goes and i think we've done a very good job i don't know if it's the absolute most optimal and that's kind of what we're talking about right now so we have 800 members and the question is how many members can we grow to until we're oversized on this space yeah,
1: before this gets uncomfortable yeah
2: before, yeah and and i would say in the current if we don't move a single thing we keep adding i would say 900 to a thousand i i think we also look at our main main room the the five thousand square foot it's more of where our commercial side of things are i think there's a couple of design changes that we can do that we can optimize it to get about another 100 or 200 people in there in terms of memberships overall and so i think Our mindset is we can get about 1100 to 1200 members here and we've been growing about two to 300 members a year that's pretty average for us. Um, In the majority of those coming in January and February, we get about 100 members through those two months, so then the rest of the year shares about 100 to 200. So we're thinking hopefully growing at that rate this year we'll kind of get to that number where we're like we have to decide something to do. Um,
1: Which coincides pretty close to to your lease correct? It does.
2: Um, and and it does. So our lease is actually up in August. Yep. So, and we've talked to them mall that they're completely cool doing another year, two year, three year lease. Um, you know, obviously they'd love to have us as long as we'll be here because our traffic drives plenty of walkers into the mall. Yeah. And, um, and so getting to that space, and I think one of the things that's changing too, and it kind of goes into where we're at now, when it purely was, how do I purely get more people through the doors? Now it's how do I get the people that are already here spending more money?
1: Aha. Yes. Understood. Okay. Yes.
2: And that's where, so it's actually been cool as a personal trainer, you make a ton of connections with different people. You know, you get to train the CEOs of companies because they can afford it. You get to train local business owners. So one of the things that's been extremely just a blessing is one of my trainers is actually like a pretty sizable CEO for a company worth a couple hundred million and just, uh, his knowledge and his wisdom is, is extremely valuable. And that was one of the things that he talked to me about. He said, you know, as you start to creep up into these numbers of members, you you can only have so many members in your space. But the question is, how can you get a member who averages to spend $20 a month there in a membership? How can you make him spend $35 a month? How can you make each person go up? That is how you're going to get to the next level. And so the ceiling also, one of the things that, you know, it's kind of off topic, but it's on topic of one thing that we did is we simply have one membership. It's 24-hour membership, $19.99. And one of the things he also mentioned as, as I've learned, and this is the things that I wish I did different to start, but it is, but we're where we're at now is the idea of offering the tiered membership, which is very common for most gyms, um, you know, three different tiers of membership, offering a premium one, you know, a, a normal one and, and something that's lesser. And so how, is there a, pos, is there a way to transition and to create a premium membership that I can charge more for? Uh, that's also something we've kind of been uh, going back and forth with of what would that consist of? Uh, what would that be? What does a transition to that look like? Can we do that? And so those are the kind of the two things of, 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 that are going to be our ceiling and that we're kind of battling right now. Uh, our max number, I think, is probably 1100, 1200. Is there a tiered membership that we can go to where we can offer more and get more out of each person? And then the last thing that's con- that is our ceiling is we have three trainers right now that are full time, probably about three or four that are all part time my goal is to get another two or three trainers full-time so whether it be mm-hmm. leads that would come to me but i can't take them because i'm full my partner or just walk off off the street as we hand them out to everybody getting trainers more to full-time and probably maxing out at about five or six full-time trainers in this space so that's kind of the ceiling that i'm at now yeah. um and then did you, did you also ask and about so
1: beyond that hypothetically all of this goes well we hit yeah. that 1200 Yep. Revenue per member is increasing with whatever various additional streams we have. Where to go from there, Chris?
2: Where to go? So three or four things. One, uh, commercial memberships. I really want to get into the area, go to the local factories, go to local businesses. I'm actually talking to the local uh, Honda car dealership now. Um, Can we set up some sort of commercial membership where all their employees are getting a membership? Uh, for a cheaper rate. They're paying for it monthly. So it's an automatic recreating revenue that a company is going to look at and not flinch at really. And, you know, it, it's kind of like the the bad and the good side. As, as a business owner, I know that if all my members come to use our membership, i can barely hold most of my members oh yeah I mean, even a quarter this would be a I, like it, it sounds bad but it's kind of the plan of fitness of i need people who are going to sign up for memberships who just won't come that regularly or at all and it sounds terrible but it's just the truth of being a business person and so i know that with commercial memberships if i get a member uh, if i get a, a business to sign up for two or three hundred memberships and they pay even just ten dollars a month out of those 300 memberships that they're paying for i might get 40 of them that use it and that's not even going to be all the time And so that's another revenue creator that I want to create that I do, you know, obviously a bigger space is just easier to go around doing that. Um, But that's something that I want to tackle in the future and that bigger space will help that I'm also kind of starting now and tackling that. It's just something I'm not extremely well versed in. So I'm learning that as I go of how to market that, how to sell it, all that good stuff. Uh, Number two, in a perfect world where everything's going perfect, we have 14,000 square foot. Now I would love about a 35,000 square foot facility. Um, We would have anywhere from two to four volleyball courts with a basketball court in there. And then we would also keep about 15, 20,000 square foot of it for gym focused stuff. Uh, One of the cool things that I have set up is with our local volleyball club, they have about 15 to 20 teams a given year. They're newer. I'm really close with the club director and the owner of it. He's already given given me his word that he would love to sign a contract with me to exclusively use a space. If I have one with volleyball courts on it, that he'd run all of his practice hours out of there and run tournaments. Um, And so in a perfect world, I have a facility that we have a a club running it it completely out of there. We then are able to run some open gyms. We're able to do a personal training side of things out of it and offer that space during that. um, It'd be part of the premier memberships that they are able to use more space of it. But then we're also able to keep the, the gyms going. Um, and then inside of that, we have some of the foundations for some cool things here. So I have a chiropractor that actually runs his entire facility out of my gym right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and his focus, he played collegiate soccer, big guy, big into like the fascia redevelopment, the work in the muscle again, not just purely, you know, cracking, uh, you know, joints and moving on. And so he would love to create and have about 15, square foot to bring in all of his different types of things that he uses for uh, muscular recovery and all that stuff. And so having space for that. So really creating this space in the area that I'm in, that is the one-stop shop. If you want to be an athlete, at the highest levels um your your club's already there if you need recovery if you need injury prevention injury assistance from coming off of an injury you have the access to that and then you have the top tier trainers as well and then you also on top of all that you have a gym that you want to be at has offers you everything that you could need from powerlifting to weight loss to athletic development Um, and it's just well taken care of and cared of by the owners that's 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 the perfect world the
1: big picture so far cry from the the solo pt studio days oh yeah yeah it's it's a fun conversation that's one of my favorite ones to ask because it lets people's imaginations just run wild and i'm sure that there's probably just as much growth that needed to happen from solo pt to now as now to that Yep, But we'll uh, we'll have to check in on you once we get all of those things coming to fruition. We're running shy on time here, Chris, but I want to save a minute for you to tell people where they could learn more about Apex. Okay, What's mm-hmm. the best website? What's the best social media? How can people connect with you guys? Yeah. So our website is
2: the com. And then our Instagram is just the apex Fitness center. And those are the two places you're gonna be able to easily find us and, and be able to keep up with what's going on and all the things that, we're different, uh, that we offer as well.
1: Straightforward and simple enough. This has been awesome, man. I, I genuinely appreciate getting to pick the brain of business owners and see yeah. where their head's at with things like this and, and what's going to move the needle the most for them. So I I genuinely appreciate your time. I'm excited to see what the future holds for you. Yeah, it sounds you. like we have some some big projects in the works. So I uh, thank you for for coming on today and I wish you nothing but the best.
2: Thank you, sir. I appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you would like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out.
0: Thank you for listening to this interview, but Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview.
4: What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host today, Adam, and today with me is the one and only Kay- Clay and Casey out of San Luis Obispo, California with Power Fitness. Guys, how are we doing today? Good. Doing great. Awesome. Hey. Happy to be here. Yeah. Good. Likewise, I appreciate you guys taking the time out of your day. Um, I always like to ask, how's the weather over there in California?
5: rainy super rainy we're actually in the part of california that's gotten a lot of flooding recently so um yeah it's been
6: (laughs) a loaded question we're under a flood watch currently
5: currently, (laughs) which is kind of crazy but it's crazy for us californians you guys are
4: getting snow flood wind you're in all sorts of weather
5: crazy california is (laughs) crazy
4: that's all right michigan's pretty bipolar too but
5: yeah
4: (laughs) it happens um well nonetheless uh cheers the better weather ahead and um we'll go ahead and kind of turn over to you just go ahead and give the listeners a little bit about who you are what you guys have done ultimately what led up to opening your Empower fitness and then you can touch on the 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 previous building before that as well so
5: yeah. i'm going to start off with
6: sure um yeah. So I uh I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life um after post high school. <laughs> <laughs> I I ended up going to uh just community college a little two year, uh just trying to find my way. Uh didn't want to go into a four year really not knowing what I wanted. Uh so I worked many odd jobs. Uh and fitness was something that uh was kind of like I, I don't know, something I didn't really focus on. I ran. That was what's was accessible to me. I did a little bit of gym stuff in high school and high school gym. But uh yeah, it wasn't really on my radar. And I ended up finding massage school uh and kind of getting into this sort of like health and wellness uh sort of path. And I opened a massage business uh gosh in 2017. And by that point I had found fitness um a little bit more useful. I was I was using it just to keep my body uh, strong, healthy for, for massage and and having a long and, and healthy career in that. So I started working with uh, kettlebells. There is a kettlebell gym locally here. Um, and they were certified through an organization called strong first. And, uh, I got, I just fell in love with it. It was improving my grip strength. It was helping me to make this like sort of full body connection. Um, yeah, so I, I started doing that as a, as a hobby to keep myself healthy. And then, uh, I started seeing that, hey, my massage clients could really use strength, not just uh, passive therapies all the time. So I kind of wanted to give them something a little more active, uh, something that might you know, empower them to not necessarily need uh, my services all the time. A lot of people came to me in pain and I wanted to uh, you know, give them a way and a path out that didn't require someone else necessarily to sort of like hold their hand literally. Yeah.
5: <laughs> and yeah, and then um, we met uh, kind of inside of that space. Um, I am a Pilates instructor, first and foremost, and was working at a couple of Pilates studios in the area and some chiropractic clinics. And um, we started dating, we uh, got married and then we just decided to join our businesses together. Um, me doing Pilates and I was doing kettlebells with him at that time. Um, and then, uh, yeah, was able to work in his massage facility for a while. And then eventually back in um, to June of 2021, 22, June of 2022.
6: 2020 actually Twenty. That was well, 20 that's when I sort of late 2020 is yes when is when place.
5: we found the yeah. place yeah but then June of 2022 was when we opened right. the gym our fitness facility and uh now our gym Empower fitness is both a Pilates studio and a kettlebell gym and so yeah and we just held our grand opening grand opening this January in 2023 and yeah we're just working away that's That's what we're doing.
4: Yep. Excellent, guys. Love that. Um, So the name kind of speaks for itself, but, you know, what was, you know, the biggest reasoning behind, you know, Empower? Empower.
5: Well, I think it's kind of just what Clay said. We saw, we tend to see um, a lot of clients <clears throat> who are in pain, who are rehabbing injuries. We get a lot of doctor referrals. We get a lot of chiropractor and PT referrals. We're very well connected in the community in that aspect. And um, what we saw with a lot of these clients who were in pain was that they just needed to feel that they could move again, that they had an avenue towards fitness, that they were able to do, that they were able to exercise and exercise without pain. And so our goal with Empower was empowering those who don't feel like they have that avenue. And Mm -hmm. um, we've seen a lot of clients who get hurt at other gyms or other facilities and they kind of come to us and we do a lot of the ground, like, the ground working back up um and yeah that's kind of that's that's our clientele is people who who are just looking for very safe ways to build strength um and the pilates and kettlebells actually really kind of pulls towards that in terms of alignment and technique and precision
6: i think a lot of the uh the name and power comes from the sort of the origins within sports massage we had a lot of people you know originally coming to us because they had pain um and we we built a, a reputation in town where we were getting a lot of referrals uh, a lot of people who had you know injuries those nagging injuries and chronic pain uh they'd come to us and yeah i I, I kind of noticed um I think we both noticed uh that a lot of people become reliant on and sort of passive therapies and I didn't want that to be the case. I didn't want someone to feel tied to me or us, but, you know, the rest of their lives and within a massage context or within that kind of therapy. Uh, and we wanted to give them tools that they could take home and actually, you know, help themselves a little bit more. Or if, you know, that you know, they're in a different gym or a different facility, mm-hmm. they could take what they've learned and apply that um, and not necessarily feel like they have to come you know, see me for a massage every week.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
6: absolutely,
4: and it, you know, from experience, you know, being in a consistent, chronic type of pain for over a period of time, it kind, of, it kind of does, you know, like mentally. Even, even if you're not thinking about it, it's kind of like subconsciously, like I'm always in this pain. I'm always waking up, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So there's nothing I can do. And you know, until so you come across the right person or you find the right research that gives you that that you know, awakening spirit where it's like, no, you don't have to live like this. And there, there, there are ways to fix, you know, just about anything or at least severely diminish, you know, what you're currently fe- experiencing. That's acute.
5: Well, and there's also this idea of like, you know, you, you really have to trust the person that you're working with. If you're in that pain that whether it's acute injury or even chronic pain state, you really have to work, like trust the person that you're putting your body like into. And, um, you know, and that's, that's, that's part of why I think our, our clients love us is we really, really strive hard to be a safe haven, um, where people can discover that and and be able to trust that we're going to move them in the proper ways in the safe ways, and that will progress them over time so that they feel like they can squat again, or that they can, um, press something overhead without shoulder pain or whatever, whatever the context is. But yeah, there's a lot of trust when it comes to working with somebody in pain or rehabbing an injury.
4: Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Um, well, all right, y'all. Well, cool. Um, so let's kind of go a little bit more into empower fitness. You know, it uh, looks like here, your facility is about 1700 square feet. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then so I don't know how you guys structure like memberships, if you just kind of include, you know, everything into one for the total studio or if it's split up into two, but like how many members roughly at that facility would you guys say you have?
5: Well, we are small, I would call us like more of a boutique facility. Um, and so we, we're we about at a hundred-ish active clients on our list. Um, the majority of those clients are private training or personal training clients.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, we- So one-on-one. So one-on-one, yeah. yeah. We run solely on um, class packages and um, obviously um, private training packages. Um, so we don't necessarily have a membership Um, Open gym or membership is something that we're interested in, but right now, as we're first getting started, that's kind of just not the way the facility is working at the moment. Um, But yeah, our clients who do our class packages, they uh, tend to take both Pilates classes and kettlebell classes, so there's this really brilliant mix of both, Um, and uh, yeah, so we have different class packages for if you are wanting to come once a week, twice a week, three times a week, and then obviously those private personal training one-on-one clients, they are—they vary from seeing us twice a week to three times a week to once a week to once a month. So the they vary um, in terms of how often they're there.
4: Excellent. And then, you know, taking a, a pause right there, let's back up a little bit and kind of give, I obviously mentioned kettlebell one-on-one Pilates, kind of give our listeners, you know, just a basic rundown of like all the exact services that you offer. And then if somebody were to come into your studio, how would you kind of like initially consult them to see if a, they're a good fit for you or if you're a good fit for them?
5: Yeah. So obviously number one, we do private one-on-one training and that can be either in kettlebells or in Pilates, um, I manage most of the clients who come in seeking Pilates and Clay manages a lot of the clients coming in to seek kettlebells. Uh, typically, if a new client comes in, we do a 30-minute free consultation with them where we can um, hear injuries, past history. We can do a, a movement assessment, and then we can start directing them to where uh, we where we feel that they would fit best inside the facility. So whether that's the kettlebell classes or Pilates classes or some kind of combination of both, depending on their history that we kind of drive them towards where we think they would fit best. Um, We have reformer classes. um, So Pilates on the equipment. Uh, We have, um, I do a mobility class. Uh, and then our kettlebell classes are all hard style kettlebells. They are more of like an all levels. Um, and that's the beautiful thing about kettlebells is that whether you are an advanced kettlebell student or whether you are just beginning, you put any kind of different weight in your hands for something as simple as a goblet squat, and it's either going to be advanced or basic. So, um, that's the beauty of the kettlebells in terms of it being all levels, Uh, and yeah and then that's yeah that's kind of where I would see
6: for the most part when the the person first walks into our our studio or gym um, I think that they've already heard about us usually it's word of mouth Um, usually it's a friend of a client or someone from the uh, massage space that really wanted to come check us out so I think we we have an advantage when they they first walk in because, you know, someone they know already trains there or they've heard of us in some way. Um, once that person first walks in, uh, it's it's definitely a little different. It's not your typical gym. We do have, you know, squat, a squat rack and weights and, and stuff in the back, this sort of back garage room mm-hmm. area. Um, but primarily, I would say, you know, 80% of the gym or more is just purely open space, yeah. kettlebells, some reformers. So it's, it's definitely different and unique. And I think that it does separate us. There's an, and here in slow, our San Luis Obispo is a gym basically on every block. And, uh, I think you kind of have to be a little different and yeah. you kind of have to follow, Hey, what's, what's your passion? Uh, because people, people are sort of attracted to, uh, people who are passionate about what they yeah. do. And I think Casey obviously is very passionate about Pilates, uh, and myself, mm-hmm. Kevin Wells, um, Yeah. So I think that it's, there's a couple of advantages when people walk in, you have people who already realize, oh, you know, my friends work out here. I've heard good things. And also these people are super passionate. Um, I think that gives us a lot of advantage for those introductions. Yeah. And,
5: some and simplicity too. I mean, the wonderful thing about the kettlebells is again, it's just an open floor, right? And we've got kettlebells lined up on the walls. And so Especially, and I've seen this a lot with the women that have come into our facility. If you're a woman looking to maybe get into strength training, having all the racks and like a ton of equipment can be super intimidating. And so to be able to have an open floor that is super simple, simple weights, like only one tool, sometimes I is a little bit more accessible. Um, so that's been really, and that's again, another, um, of our mission statement, mantra, motto, whatever we want to call it is simplicity, simplicity. Um, we are, we want to master the, the movement form that we're doing, whether that's kettlebells or Pilates, and we want to be incredibly good at it. What's, what's our strong first says, um uh, simple not easy simple not easy and in uh, an inch wide and a mile deep that's yeah. that's our kind of motto here is that we're really really good at what we do um but we don't have to do everything
3: yeah i think i had a conversation with a gym owner and it was it was on those
4: lines it's like if you offer 30 different things how can you be a perfectionist at each and every single one. when you have so much you have to remember, you have to program, you have to plan, you're spreading yourself up thin, rather as you maybe offer, I don't know maybe say a handful, maybe like three to three to five things, probably even two to three. And it's like you master that specific craft. and it's like, okay, I'm so good at this that I feel comfortable adding on another tool or something along those lines. Or you know, maybe Casey is like, boom, these two things master. Clay, boom, these two things. Now you guys have four things that you're perfectionist at. And again, the value is going to speak for itself. Um, because I I always I posted this on LinkedIn, but I was like, time is money, value is certainty.
5: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting too. I think that our world today has an array of choices. Like there are so many choices for your fitness. You can you can go to a gym, you can do it online, you can get this app, you can get this online trainer you like there's so many avenues and so for us it's just important to be very very clear on this is what we do this is what we believe will make you stronger and it's simple and it might be a little boring you might squat goblet squats all the time you know like and we're gonna really focus on how great that movement is um and we believe that that's what's going to help make you strong, like ultimately and eventually. So simplicity and, uh, yeah. And being really, really good at what we do.
4: Yeah. And I'm sure both of you that, you know, a, a kettlebell or goblet squat rather than a back-loaded barbell squat are completely two different mechanics and yeah work the body in two different ways. Yep. Um, Absolutely. And, you know, for me, it's like, Okay you're going to put 300 pounds on my back and compress my spine. Uh, You know, there better be like specific, like precise movement where like you don't shift your spine and then now you throw out an alignment issue.
5: Well,
6: yeah, we have, I mean, yeah, we have clients that will um, progress past things. Like we have the squat rack, obviously. Um, I have a little bit of background in Olympic weightlifting and powerlifting, uh, but kettlebell has always just felt so good on my body. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I feel like just starting people sort of with the basics and something that's very safe, uh, that tends to be super helpful. And there's a lot of things we can do within a goblet squat. Yeah. a lot of variation within that. Um, so yeah, I think not jumping people directly to like something like a heavy loaded back squat or just back squat in general, which it's is so technical for our population. Yeah. We have a very, oh, yeah. very gen pop, very, um, I would say older clientele people who would generally be intimidated by your typical gym space i think that's another one of our advantages is uh very low intimidation very welcoming very sort of happy space that uh you know people who would never typically touch weights get a chance to have yeah yeah place
4: for everybody yep um well, cool so now we got that background in let's kind of dive in you know you mentioned earlier on that you know you will know, being new and you get a lot of word of mouth referrals. So what are all the different ways that leads do come into your guys' facility at this current time?
6: I would say primarily word of mouth.
5: Yeah. Primarily word of mouth.
6: We have a good Google presence. Um, and I think that helps that we have uh, Empower Sports Massage has been just in business longer and has a good mm-hmm. reputation. I think that that kind of bumps up our website on Google. We get a lot of people finding us on Google. Um Besides that, we actually just started uh, printed out some cards that are like sort of a free class referral uh, system. We want to play into um, this word of mouth thing. So we're giving our clients a card that they're able to hand to a friend or family member that gives them a couple of free classes, you know, a free Pilates class and a free kettlebell class. Uh, so we're trying to just play to what's already working. Uh, and that's kind of as far as we've gone. Mm -hmm. I don't know if we've done much more in terms of marketing.
5: Yeah. And I mean, in in terms, you know, the, the gym is running well at this moment. I mean, we, we obviously like financially, we, we are making ends meet. Um, we're like, I wouldn't say like we are profitable. Um, but again, it's still really, really early to tell like what exactly that means. Um, so I think, and and the space is 1700 square feet. So there is only so much that we can kind of throw in there. Um obviously like our one-on-one private training, we can up that with with you know, we have more space to grow in that. And our kettlebell classes, we definitely have more space to grow in that. The pilates classes are filling really really well. Um granted some of that is that i only have four reformers that i can use yeah. um that's that's a piece of it as well more of a semi-private perhaps more yeah, yeah like feels more like a semi-private
4: well and those correct me if i'm wrong but i know reformers are customizable well for studio space but aren't those like a fairly big machine too as well yeah yeah they, they
6: take up space they take up for space.
4: sure
5: they're yeah. a lot of money they 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 definitely- there's a lot
6: of <laughs> early conversations and sort of the gym lay like I mean, where are these giant things yeah you guys gotta like touch us that stuff
4: to
5: yeah but to make it know, fit exactly but we're actually we're pretty proud i mean like pilates equipment is thousands of dollars yeah. and we managed to make it through our opening and kind of this first year without any debt so That's that was super super important to us as business owners to make sure that we weren't in debt at all um and we did it which is awesome which was super cool to do especially when you're thinking that my whole Pilates studio does cost somewhere around like 30 grand like it's it's expensive like Pilates, it's super expensive
4: no, yeah. Yeah. All the pilot that I talked to, like the reformers are the most expensive. They'll, they'll, some of them will pay like 10, 20 grand for a reformer. And yeah. then they're on back order because yep. you know, yep. all the fun stuff. Yeah. All the logistics of it. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, so 1700 square feet, you got your clients built up. Yeah. You, you know, your space. What's kind of like the bigger picture goal, you know, like maybe the rest of this year, the next couple of years to come. Obviously, you guys want to expand and get more clients. You don't strike me as the kind of people that just want to set where you are and not move forward. So, kind of what's what's in inside of the the top of mind right now?
6: Well, I think uh, we definitely would like to uh, continue filling in classes, uh, and then that'll allow us to create more classes and then on more days. Right now, we have a couple instructors who uh, teach for us, who were past clients and are still current clients. Uh, and they just, you know, really enjoyed what we do. Uh, and now we have like one of my kettlebell students, for instance, is running a class in the evening. So we're hoping for more of that. We're hoping for more um, people to come in with interest to, to teach for us and, and run more classes. I think that we could easily shift to something online. Um, I think that we don't you know, have a great online presence right now, our online training, uh, could definitely be developed. And I think that's another advantage of bodies and kettlebells is we can, um, easily send someone home with a kettlebell and an online program or some kind of like video library. So that's, that's kind of what we want to start exploring, I think.
5: And I also think, too, that in the next couple of years, um, our leases will be up on both facilities. And so the question will become, do we move into one facility together and make a massage and a gym, like all in one space? And again, like what, what will the gym have done in those couple of years? What will the massage facility have done in those couple of years that could justify maybe moving into a bigger space where everything's together. Like you come to empower and you can go to the left for massage and you can go to the right for fitness, but we're all in one space. Um, so I think that that's another thing that we're trying to look towards and trying to figure out if, um, that like how feasible that's going to be. Um, and then, you know, wanting to do it well and wanting to, um, be really great with it. I know in terms of like the massage space too, we're interested in some more recovery, um, kind of tools, i.e. we're interested in saunas and cold plunges. So, um, which would be amazing to feature right next to the gym, right next to our fitness. Um, so that's, that's kind of a big future plan for us. Um, and just, but we got to see where these next couple of years take us in terms of like, is that possible or is that feasible?
4: Yeah. And highly recommend the cold plunge. Love it. So many, so many benefits. I Um, I hate it, but I love it. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. I hate it, but I love it. I want to get a portable one for where I'm at, but.
5: Yeah. And um, like, I think that that's interesting too. Not many people, I mean, there's so much going on around cold therapy these days and for our general population that doesn't know a lot about it right now to be able to provide a service that can help teach them that, okay, like, You want to do your, you don't necessarily want to do your cold plunge, like right after you take your kettlebell class or, you know, like what, what is timing on recovery? Like those are, those are interesting things to talk to our clients about how they're moving about their day, when they're putting their fitness in, when they're putting the recovery in. Um, So yeah, those are all interesting questions to us and to be able to have like one facility that can be um, an answer to that for people is kind of cool to think about. 100%.
4: 100%. Um, so, you know, with with your current growth and leads, you know, are you guys getting a lot of like word of mouth leads being, you know, fairly new? Um, and then are you, you know, would you say that you're converting quite a few members um, to the point where like, it's a good track for, you know, the next, you know, say eight months?
5: Yeah, I think we get about five leads per month and we're typically very good on closing all those leads. Um, and then obviously, um, in January when we had our grand opening, that was, uh, very like we, we definitely thought about that a lot. Um, we had a big ribbon cutting ceremony. We had a lot of like deals on packages. And so we did see like a very lovely uptick in growth in January, um, which was great, which was awesome. But, um, Again, because we've been in the industry so long here in San Luis Obispo, we get leads no matter if we open a gym or not. So um yeah, so about like five leads per month. And we're typically very good on closing all of those leads. And so as long as that trajectory stays like even stable, I think that that's a great um great avenue for us.
6: I think uh one of our bigger problems, if you want to call it a problem, is is probably scalability. Uh both of us, me doing you know, half half of my work is massage therapy and half of it is training. And uh, Casey here is, she's doing one-on-ones up to 12 hours a day, most days. So how much more can we actually- <laughs> No,
5: I know. <laughs> how much I more know. can we
6: actually fit in without running ourselves into the ground is the question. So again, I, one of our goals is, find more instructors, run more classes, uh, and have the spaces rely on us a little bit less. Not that we want to step away completely because we're passionate about what Mm -hmm. we do, but um, we do need to find a way to, uh, you know, be a little bit less, um, I guess, in it.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and, and, you know, like, I think that as everybody knows, as every, you know, gym owner knows that your trainers are your stars of the show. Like people are going to come for whoever they're working with and, you know, like whatever modality you're teaching. Yes. But they're, they're going to come because they love who they're working with. And so um, we've definitely been trying to train um, our instructors to work like us and to teach like us. Um, and, you know, that's or just
6: find those personalities. So like those entertainers yeah. who, you know, they're personable, they, people want to be around them, but you know, we can just teach them that, that, yeah. that movement modality comes later to us. I think it's, it's finding the people that uh, are a good fit for our space and exactly. that our clients would want to be around.
5: Yeah. So that's the, that's the other project right now is training our trainers and finding good trainers and then seeing what happens with that growth. Cause I'm don't want to work 12 hours a day all day long.
4: <laughs> nope. Nope. I would not want <clears throat> to, I would not want to do that either um so that was one of the 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 points that i wanted to bring about too is you know with the the both facilities and everything and personality is you know you can't teach personality you can teach somebody how to do the movements and things like that but if you don't have the personality in the first place it's going to make it nearly impossible to fit in with what you guys have established in the culture and everything so
5: absolutely absolutely
4: totally agree so You know, just to kind of feel it, put some feelers out here, you know, where are you guys mentally and physically at, you know, like percentage wise of this is, this is my cap uh, or I'm close to my cap, you know, things are not burnout, but you're like, you can feel like the effects from like the day over day over day activities. You know, where would you guys say that you're at with, you know, your current routines? Good question for you.
5: (laughs) Well, I think the spring is always hard for me because I, um, in addition to running Empower Fitness and running our gym, um, I also teach a Pilates teacher training, um, which happens on the weekends. I, again, the goal with that Pilates teacher training is to keep developing instructors who could potentially come into Empower Fitness. Um, So, you know, I, in terms of that, it's, it's great. Like I really am, and I'm very, very passionate about this Pilates teacher training. That being said, it is during the weekend. So I end up having seven day work weeks, which is a lot, which is, which, you know, is not sustainable. And I think that you know, we both know that the amount that we're working right now is not sustainable in the long run, Mm -hmm. but the goal is to put in the work now in these first couple of years, knowing that like three, three years from now, we're going to be able to scale ourselves back and still have the profit, still have the business that we've been working for the past few years. So
6: in terms of the cap, I'd say she's probably like hundred <laughs> percent, yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, yeah <laughs> uh, no yeah
4: i I work nine days or er, nine days wow, that's I a work lot. seven <laughs> days, yeah, right, right I'm adding new days, uh I remember back when I was like twenty three I worked seven days a week for nine months straight, yeah, mm.
5: but like it, again you you learn to do that for the period no and and I think what what causes much more burnout is not seeing the light at the end of the tunnel or not having like a goal in mind to like say like okay like we have to get here by this date because we're not gonna we're not gonna you know like be able to be sustainable. So for, so for example, you know, we just got married. We are newlyweds. We've only been married for like about a year or so, a year or so now. Mm-hmm. And you know, our goal is to have kids too. And I know for a fact that once we start having kids, like it's not, I can't work 12 hour no. days, you know? And so if our goal is to maybe start having kids in the next couple of years, like there's a deadline, right? There's a deadline for that. So in terms of burnout and working really, really hard, it's it's all in this matter of like, okay, I know that this is the period that this is the season, and that we've got an end date somewhere in mind, and so we better work really, really hard to make this happen, so that we can scale back.
4: Yeah, hundred percent. And I think the the biggest part of that too is actually setting like a a goal deadline of like, hey, yeah. we need to be at this point by this time, or <laughs> we're going to crap our pants or, you know, saying like something where it's, you know, but I, th- I think that just, it just makes the body, the mind know, okay, I got to work that much harder to reach this. And it almost kind of puts you in like overdrive, I guess, in a way.
6: <clears throat> yeah, It's just kind of like fitness goals. You know, you, you give someone a tangible goal, like a smart goal. Um, They're going to be able to work a little bit harder towards that mm-hmm. rather than just the sort of the ambiguous, like yeah. I'm gonna be doing this forever. I think yeah, a, and then you feel yeah. like you're just in a, a loop
4: cycle where it just keeps going yeah. back to the original, like, Oh yeah, I'm just gonna do this again. I'm just gonna do this another week, another week, another week.
5: Yeah. Yeah. The people who are really burning out from fitness, and you know, like this is something that I try and talk to my Pilates instructors about. The people who are really burning out either don't have that like end goal in mind. Or they just aren't managing their time well or just knowing what their capacities are. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's, that's I've known what my capacity is in this business to work this hard. But I also know that, you know, I'm in my 30s and that's only going to last for so many years. So how do we, how do we figure out how to make this business work and to like make it financially work with that end goal date in mind, so, right. so yeah, it's a lot of work now, but it's not going to be as much work in the future.
4: Right? Yeah, they always say suffer now, prosper later. Yep. Exactly. Um, and then, where are you guys at right now? You know, you mentioned I'm very familiar with the teacher training program, um, and you know, getting them certified to potentially turn around to be a, an instructor. What about where, where are you guys at with you know one on one clients, hiring those trainers, getting those trained up? Do you guys have a good or people in place right now that eventually will be able to kind of feel empowered to, you know, take a little bit, a little bit of the reins, not obviously the whole shebang, because obviously that's your guys' baby, but you know, enough to where like you could step back, you know, maybe a few less clients or maybe a, a, you know, an hour or two less to kind of regroup, focus on the business a little bit more rather than in the business.
5: Yeah, I
6: think especially on um, again, going back to the sports massage side, uh, our facility has some therapists who are also personal trainers. Um, I, I definitely see a couple of them with interests and in, in coming over to the gym side and doing more training. Uh, and they already do great work at the other facility, so I think just kind of investing in them is going to be important mm-hmm. over this next year. To, uh, to find more people who want to come in and do one-on-one training sessions um
5: i we just we hired uh about a year ago a gal that came out of my pilates teacher training and she is young she's still in college but she also um has like deep ties to this area so anyway she's somebody that we're working on training up she already has some private clients she teaches classes so she's she's building her way up Um, I do a lot of mentorships. So that's something else that I'm very, very passionate about. I've got two gals right now who are in mentorships with me. And those are like, I've got one that's in a three month Pilates mentorship with the goal of she's teaching classes at the end of that mentorship. Um, And then I've got another gal who's in a mentorship with me until August. And again, the goal is, is that she's teaching at the end of this mentorship. Um, And they both, They both have the ability to see private clients. They both are doing that right now in their own inside of their own mentorships and apprentices and apprenticeships. So, yeah, I think we are doing a lot of investing in these instructors at the moment. And um, it just takes, it just takes time. You know, it just takes time to train. It takes time to learn the ins and outs of this business, the way that we know them.
6: I think we're, we're, decent at finding the right people to invest in the people yeah. who are passionate about helping others and I think that's that's really helpful in terms of um in fighting that burnout and and finding people who actually want to put in time and hours uh that it takes to be yeah. a personal trainer
5: it's exciting <laughs> teaching people who want to teach
4: yeah yeah well yeah it's it's even better because if they're wanting to be there, then they're going to be better students because they yeah. actually want to learn rather than I'm just here. I need to get my eight hours, whatever, get my cert. you know, like that kind of like yeah. mentality, which yeah. blows my mind that that even kind of exists
6: when you're going through that, because it's something that you're paying for. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It, always, it gives me some hope when I see, especially um, a couple of your mentees come in with their workbooks yeah, off hours, just working on stuff on their own. Yeah. Uh, I I love seeing that because I I see a little bit of self and that, you know, when I was really working on and trying to make it in this business, I just constantly be studying. And I think that's, that's what it takes. It's that level of passion.
5: And we also know too, you know, like there is a high turnover rate in this industry as well for trainers. And um, one of the things that we know for a fact is that if we can make the best environment for these people if we can give these people exactly what they need what they want that they will um they will stick with us longer if we're investing in them if we're interested if we're present um and if they say that they need something then we're saying we are absolutely yes let's do it let's let me give you what you need whether that's another mentorship session or whether that's um you know, I could use this kind of weight, this little dumbbell weight, for this project that I'm doing. We're very, very interested in making sure that our instructors are as happy as they can be, because if they're happy and if they're excited about the space and what we're doing and the culture that we're um, creating, then they're going to stay too. Um, so that's we we really want to not have high toner, high turnover rate of our instructors.
4: Yeah, and even since COVID, like the, the, the workforce nowadays is just not the same as what it used to be. There's, there's, you know, you you might be able to find people, but are they going to be the ones put in the work?
5: And And the, be the ones that are going to be there year after year, after year, after year, you know, trainers that are not going to leave after one year, like that are going to be with us for an extended period of time.
4: Yeah. Invest. Yep. And the workplace is huge there in, in fitness alone, there's so much burnout with work and personal life mixture that, you know you feel like you're bringing work in your personal life bringing personal life in your work and it's just like there's got to be that that fine line of you know the environment the environment is great but then also the balance between the two is great too because
3: Mm.
4: you know as we all know we've experienced it you know the sometimes fitness just takes over everything and we preach everything else to everybody else but then what do
6: we do in our own selves
5: yeah absolutely
6: i think I think our mission is to is to make fitness and personal training a viable career for someone you know um have it be a place that not only people want to go to build a culture uh that people want to be in but also uh a career that you know
1: mm-hmm.
6: pays well yes yeah. uh is you know something that sustains a life here in a very expensive state and in a yeah. very expensive town uh, all that is a challenge, you know? Yeah.
5: And it goes, you know, we've talked a lot about right now we have independent contractors with us, but we talk a lot about what it means to get everybody on employee status and like how that would look, which is, you know, super expensive for us, but maybe better for our instructors and what would, that would mean. So, you know, those are, those are all things that we're thinking of too, that are not quite feasible at this moment in time, but, um, again like if we're going to make structural changes or if we're going to like keep growing is it better for us to have our instructors as employees instead of independent contractors or you know like those are those are big questions to us
4: yeah and i think obviously you know only you guys will know what's going to be the best you know long term for your style of what you do but you know there there's always been like the oh you know if they're an employee then you know their taxes are already taken out if they're you know w-2s or you know there's just like so many like little things that mean a lot to people rather than like oh and i gotta i gotta be an adult i gotta balance my my tech you know what i'm saying so it's yeah. like yeah de- there's definitely some some big things and then obviously then there comes medical on your guys's side and you know other things and it's like you know and like you said i'm, I'm not familiar with the your guys's area in california but yeah it, it does get expensive after being yeah in, being in consideration
5: and then maybe like it does serving our instructors mean that they have options in that like you know that's that's something else too like do some of our could some of our instructors be w2 employees could some of our instructors be independent contractors who rent space from us like what is what is the balance of that is that serving the individuals needs and like and then uh, and then obviously what does that mean for us in terms of like finances like is that worth it so right i think that those are those are very big questions that probably every gym owner goes through in their head too
4: 100 i can guarantee that yep um well i think that's a good place to wrap up i got a couple other things for you guys though um I always like to ask this question towards the end and that would be what words of advice would you give to a fellow entrepreneur in the fitness industry upon startup? You know, they're looking to start their own. It could be kickboxing. It could be group fitness. It could be personal training. It could be a combination, but what would you give them just to start?
6: Um, I would say just start. I think that's was a big hangout for me. Uh, I am an over-preparer. Uh, I've been on podcasts before where I will I'll literally just study the entire day before, and just make sure I'm prepared to be on this podcast um, today. I didn't feel as much pressure, by the way. You're very, <laughs> you're very kind, gentlemen. But uh, that that translates to other areas of my life. Like when I start a business, um, I just want to make sure everything's in place, everything's just right. In reality, you kind of just need to just start sometimes. If it's your passion, um, you know that you're going to persist. Uh, just, just dive in. Uh, You're going to figure out a lot as you go. You're going to learn from failures. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think if you're not started yet, and this is your passion, uh, definitely just start. Yeah. Just do it.
5: I would also say to anybody looking to get into the fitness industry, just remember that it is a service industry. And that one of the big things about serving people is that you really, Like you have to like working with people, you know, like that, that's the other thing is that, you know, you may be super passionate about Pilates or bar or kettlebells or functional training. You could be super passionate about that, but if you don't love working with people, then you're not going to make it in this industry too. You have to, you have to have that purposeful reason for why you're there, why you, why you show up to the gym at 7am and stay till 7pm? Like, is that because, because you just necessarily love the thing that you're doing? Or is it that you like, are really happy to serve people, you know, that so I, I think that that's where we um, find a lot of our passion is not necessarily in the modality itself, but we love serving people, we love um, interacting with people, we love helping people. Um, and I think that that's what can really, really make your business effective is remembering that it is a service job.
4: Love that. It is 100% service. And if you, if you go into the vision of sales as trying to solve a problem or an obstacle rather than sell a product or service, you're going to get a lot of greater return on that. So,
1: yeah,
4: yeah. Um, yeah. Last but not least, we always love shout outs. So shout out your facilities. How can people right now look up your facility, whether it's on social media, whether it's on
6: a website? Yeah. Uh, so we are Empower SLO. So Empower San Luis Obispo. SLO.com at EmpowerSLO on Instagram. I think you can find us uh, on Facebook as well. Mm-hmm. Empower Fitness and Empower Sports Massage.
3: Mm-hmm.
6: Um, beyond that, we haven't really... Gotten too much in the world of like TikTok or anything. Yeah. Uh kind of want to avoid that myself. Uh, but uh yeah, Instagram is probably our main avenue. Yeah. Excellent. All right, guys. we appreciate that. Uh for everybody out there listening,
4: that's the way you can get a hold of them. If you guys want a unique setup that's gonna be a little bit different, brings a little bit different culture than you know, most other gyms, go check them out. Um, and then if you would like to be on the show, feel free to click on the link below, fill out all the info that you need and we'll reach out and we'll get you on the show and have a conversation about all things that you're doing. Until then y'all that's been another episode of the Jim Lords podcast. Jim Lords out.
0: Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors.
1: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Jim Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us on the show today, we have Marcella Lawton of Team Lawton Martial Arts as well as Team Lawton Fitness joining us from Farmingdale, Maine. Marcella, how are you today? What's going on?
3: Hi, good Joe. Um, good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're doing well. We're doing well Do on well. a Friday morning. <laughs> Excited to to get into this. I got a chance to ask a lot of my questions before we started this official recording here. Mm-hmm. But for the people listening who aren't familiar with you or with the business so far, Marcella, give us just a quick description on what Team Law and Martial Arts is in your own
3: words. Um, team Law and team Martial Arts is like a Started as a family um Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu gym. Um and uh, we've done like a lot of things uh with fitness and kids, and now we decided to um add a fitness side to the gym. I mean we always had like weights and everything, but we now we got equipment. We have equipment. Yeah.
1: yeah. And so for clarification for people listening, this was 10 years dedicated to martial arts before we decided to venture into the fitness side Mm -hmm. of things. And so pretty early in the fitness game, but well-established as a martial arts facility. Tell me a little about your experience as a business owner overall, look back on, on those 10 years and reminisce for a moment to, to explore both sides of the coin here. What's been Mm -hmm. your favorite part? about being a business owner and what's been the most challenging part
3: um i feel like when we started like 10 years ago um uh, we were very excited to like teach and and uh spread the Brazilian jiu-jitsu and everything and then like we found out that we had to deal with all the administrative stuff of the business like uh, we had to figure out how we're going to collect the payments and what works and what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So that part was a little bit hard. <laughs> like teaching was always super fun and everything. and But uh, the business part was hard Like to get into, figure out what is the best way to collect payments, to attract yeah. clients and yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, these are just things that you don't think about Mm -hmm. before you open up a business. And I think
3: 99%
1: of the people that listen to this podcast are probably in a similar situation at one point or another. When we talk about opening up a martial arts studio or opening up a gym or whatever the example is, Mm
3: -hmm. we
1: don't think about what accounting software we're going to use. We don't think Mm -hmm. about Sitting on Facebook and figuring out how to market, right? We did this because we had a passion for the service and, and wanting yep. to help people. But there's a lot that comes so along with
3: that. There's a lot, so much. And we're still lot. learning, of course. It, the learning never stops, I feel. Yes, like.
1: absolutely. Yeah. Now, 10 years in, we, we made a pretty big change. Tell me about the reasoning behind. Investing into the facility and adding this fitness component to what you guys were already doing.
3: Uh, my husband was—he was a personal trainer before, and he always liked working out. And uh, I feel like everybody that starts jiu jitsu and starts like a healthier lifestyle, they kind of feel the need to add the the lift, the weightlifting, and everything and uh, he really like dreamed about having this he thought about every equipment he was going to buy and and stuff um just like to add you know like to what we could offer to people you know like it would be so much easier if like people want to get stronger forjudges to just just come here and we'll be yep. here yeah and they can do everything here you know don't have to like go to a YMCA or like a different place and
1: I hear that a lot in in the jujitsu side of things or k- karate, mixed martial arts, whatever it happens to be, is that they go to their training facility, but then they also have a gym membership somewhere else mm-hmm. to be able mm-hmm. to work on their strength or their cardio or or whatever aspect of fitness we're talking about. You guys just wanted to pair this together under one roof. and And like we yeah. said early, it's still recent this was only a handful of months ago that we decided yeah. to make this decision so it's it's somewhat unknown territory for us mm-hmm. at this point point. Mm-hmm. one of the things that you talked about when you said that that we had a hard time with it was mm-hmm. figuring out how to get some clients in mm-hmm. in the 10 years you've been doing this maybe not specific to fitness but with the business mm-hmm. in general mm-hmm. where do you think you found the most success where have you had good traction and getting some new clients
3: um, for us. Uh, the biggest thing is the word of mouth, believe it or not, even though we do do like a lot of Facebook and now like I have uh, one of our students, Juliet, uh, she's just awesome. And she just started helping me get in to more of the, the Instagram Instagram, uh, reels and stuff that that thing is kind of big right now but i mean word of mouth was always like the big the big thing for us even because when covid hit we like stopped kind of advertising on facebook because we didn't know what's gonna happen and Uh we couldn't really be open and but still like people kept coming because um uh word of mouth i mean they like us and they kept spreading
1: I find Mm -hmm. that in specific niches like this, when we were so focused on Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, that it's a tight-knit community. You know, Mm -hmm. if we can get one, we can get everybody (laughs) because they follow along with with whoever is a a leader in that sort of sense. And so it makes sense to me, word of mouth. And those leads are great, right? We don't have to do much from a sales front to convince them. They're pretty much... Mm -hmm. Where do I sign? Let's get going. Tell me a little about the the social media stuff that you guys do. I think that's uh not many people's favorite component, but I think mm-hmm. it's a really big mm-hmm. aspect in fitness in general. Yeah. What have you guys focused on to to help grow that?
3: Um so first like Facebook, um we post a lot of videos and like Jared do really like like talking about like how you can develop yourself and get better so he, he he at facebook he posted a couple of uh like those long like just words post about it he was pretty good with that and i was more like the video person or the pictures you know like pictures of classes and uh. i think there was a time that um that we got like a lot of kids uh, to come sign up when he posted about like kids and sports and yeah. so that that yeah, post people have he to also... find out some way
1: right yeah
3: yeah so that post was was pretty big and he did a couple of like paid posts well, most that of was going to be my we'll next do. question is, yeah. is
1: if you guys formally advertise on yeah. this
3: yeah we did a couple of paid posts and i i feel like i want to do some more of that too but right now, like, uh, our biggest thing has become uh, Instagram and the reels and, and everything. And, and we post a lot of videos of the classes, you know, because sometimes the person doesn't know what to expect when they get there. Yeah.
1: Even if we're there for 10 years, somebody might yeah. not even know that the business is there. Yeah. You know? Uh huh.
3: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that has been, like, I feel like, like a lot of people got to know us now because of uh of the instagram account um it's where
1: people and, are spending their time Marcella. Yeah. so you know yeah, it's, it's the scrolling, reels, yeah. scrolling scrolling absolutely
3: and that was so funny because like uh, at some point like i posted the reels and then jared posted one and we was kind of like watching it to see which one is gonna get who's gonna get bored. yeah <laughs>
1: yeah it makes it you gotta make it fun at least yeah. like i said yeah, I've never spoken to somebody that was going to open up a gym and they did so because they enjoy sitting on Facebook. But yeah, yeah. if we, if we can make it fun, make it enjoyable for us, it's going to be a lot more enjoyable for whoever's looking at this content yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, if it's boring and miserable for us, it's probably boring and miserable for the people that are looking at it too. Yeah. Uh, uh, me, Juliet,
3: Juliet oh sorry, just Juliet, that, that, she has been doing this for me uh, since the end of last year after my husband got sick and it's just been amazing how how you know like and she's more consistent than us so she's very consistent and she makes like clips and she adds like a fun song so this that that has helped a lot
1: yeah now I'd love to hear a little about how people actually sign up for this so Mm -hmm. tell me kind of step by step we get a lead whether it's Mm -hmm. word of mouth whether they found us on instagram whether they just walked in through the doors what happens Mm -hmm. throughout that process for somebody to actually sign up
3: Mm -hmm. so the first thing like we we always offer like free tryouts Um, I feel like sometimes like people call and want to know the price, but we're like we always try to like, you know, why don't you come try it out? You know? Because you know, that's a price and that's the value of what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you you're not gonna know the value if you don't come and try it out. So yep. we always do that. We try it out and we try have out like a, a class. class. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Try it out and uh uh and we have like a very uh, friendly group that's always there and like everybody welcomes people and uh, so I feel like that's like important too you know like a, a, a person that never done a martial arts like they don't know what to expect and when they get there they see people like them and they like see like you know they meet people and uh, and then after that like you know like Someone comes and talks to them, you know, like, what do you think? Do you like it? And you know, like, you want to give it a try? And then, like, we have most of the people sign up after they try it because it, it's a lot of fun. It's a How do you hard guys, workout
1: Yeah, I would imagine <laughs> it'd be hard for me at least. How do you <laughs> handle that actual sign up? What are people signing up for? Is this like a like a monthly membership? Or are they signing up for? a year is it just one class at a time
3: oh yeah that's the thing uh we figure out like a bunch of uh, different prices i say like so you sign up you commit you can sign up to commit for a year that doesn't mean that you have to pay the whole year right sure. away you sign up for months to month and there's a price if you sign up if you commit for six months is a different price And if you decide to go month to month, month to month is a different price. Uh, Month to month is hard. We put it a little bit higher because like that's one thing that we found out like after owning a gym for like 10 years, it's just, it's hard to keep tracking people to get like payments. So rather than sign up, like commit for six or 12 months. And, you know, like we always say, you can cancel, you can call us and cancel, but it's just, you know, the thing about, all right, you got to pay us next month. That, that's yeah. just like not.
1: I think there's, there's two, fo- two aspects of this, at least one from the business side. If we know how many members we have this month, but we don't know how many we're going to have next month, it makes planning mm-hmm. really hard. We don't know mm-hmm. how much revenue we're going to collect. It makes yep. it incredibly challenging. Mm-hmm. But from the client side in a results perspective, mm-hmm. could they come for a month? Sure. But they probably have or need more than a month to really see the effect okay. of what you guys do. And so getting yeah. that that commitment, even if it's not
5: mm-hmm. binding
1: and locking them in, I think it, it at least sets the tone that they're going to be here for a little while yeah. longer.
3: And we want to keep them of course we yes yeah yeah we always want to like we never we don't not like one of those gyms that like okay it's okay if you don't come you can just pay us we that was yeah. never like our goal you know like you can't change people's lives if they, if they don't come and uh it it definitely changes their lives and they start yeah. like doing jiu-jitsu they feel like eating better and they want to get stronger so they start working out and lifting weights and the whole thing just yeah yeah it takes a little bit it's never a month nothing absolutely yeah
1: now in that same sort of sense here marcella obviously like you said we want to keep people as long Mm -hmm. as we can Mm
3: -hmm. what do
1: you focus on from your role to make sure that your members stay around what keeps them coming Mm -hmm. back
3: I think um, I always try to make sure like they're comfortable and they can address whatever concerns they have, you know. Uh, like we always try to like follow up and see if everything is doing good, you know, if everybody's uh, doing good, you know, always like with emails and calls and everything. Uh, and again right. like you make friends there so you kind of like your yep. friend kind of and not just friends like training partners so you have like most people kind of like like training with the same person so they kind the of membership accountability kinda, a lot yeah yeah exactly that,
1: that's what yep. I'm hearing from you and it's kind of twofold from the business you say we call mm-hmm. we'll email we'll get in touch with mm-hmm. people but from their peers and the other yeah. members as well. Mm-hmm. It it builds a culture. It builds a, yeah. a community. A
3: community, yeah. That's what I feel about uh, the gym. It's it is a community. And like the friends that we make there, like there's nothing like it because you meet people from all kinds of backgrounds and all kinds of uh, uh yeah. yeah. So it it's fun zoom out
1: on all of this Marcella we mm-hmm. talked a lot about how you got the gym started and, and what it looks like today mm-hmm. tell me a little about where you want to see this whole thing go in the future what's your goal for the business
3: yeah um the goal is like to keep growing and like everybody knows that they can come they can bring their families and their families can grow there and. Uh, I think there's been a biggest goal and also you know like with the fitness side too you know like make people healthier you know like build yes make sure that uh people are not just doing that and like you know just like breaking themselves you know like jiu-jitsu is hard because it's a hard sport so you gotta gotta do this you gotta get stronger you gotta eat better you can't just like
5: go out and drink every night yeah yeah the
3: whole lifestyle exactly i think that's uh, the goal to get bigger in the community i think
1: you mentioned growth kind of being the whole driving force behind Mm -hmm. that is there an end target in mind hey i think we could have 200 members 500 members a thousand members is there Mm -hmm. is there a number that you guys are shooting for
3: i know my husband he he had a number in mind i uh i don't have a number i just want to make sure that, that like we can uh those people that are with us you know they know that they are uh they are special, they're kind of like family and that we care about our members. That's Absolutely. that's my biggest goal, you know. But sometimes you grow too much, you kind of yeah. lose the focus. That's a, that's that's a good people. point too. Yeah. yeah. And I want to keep focusing on people and like, more people is good, but you know, like I want to make sure that we're a tight, like community, like we know everybody
1: there's always this, this kind of balancing act that happens With mm-hmm. of course we wanna grow and help more people and, and build the mm-hmm. business, but we still wanna maintain the, the quality and the service mm-hmm. that we've become known for. And so where is that, that tipping point where things start to dip off? I think you'll, you'll find mm-hmm. it as we get closer to it at least. One last question for you, Marcel, and we'll mm-hmm. start to wrap things up here. Mm-hmm. You've been doing this for over a decade. If you were to, to look back to the early days and and think about some advice that would have been helpful to you, if you were speaking to somebody thinking about opening up their own business like this, Mm -hmm. what would be the best advice that you could give to that person?
3: I feel like, uh, focus on, on people and, you know, like, and, uh, you get like people are going to keep coming back and also i think like one thing is that was very important to me that i learned uh, this year is sometimes like you start a new class and it doesn't work that doesn't mean that it's not going to work forever you can like change in the future and start again you know you can try again Mm -hmm. if things don't don't work at first it's okay. You you move on, but then you can come back to it. It might work. That happens. That happened to us a couple of times. You know, like oh, this class is. Oh, nobody signed up for this class, and then we stopped doing it. And then.
0: And then everyone wants it again. again.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we started again, and it started working. You know. You know, sometimes you gotta try. You know, and you don't have to do like everything perfect. You gotta, you can take like small steps and yeah and not. There be, is any. There's
1: no yeah. such thing as perfect in running a business. Yeah,
3: for sure. There isn't, and it like if one thing didn't work at first, you. That doesn't mean that's not gonna work at some other point yeah. in time for your gym. You know, like there's not like oh just try gonna again. Work. Yeah. Try again, yep. exactly. It's okay to fail, right? Um uh, fail is it's good. normal. It's yeah. normal
1: to fail, you know. Fail it's, is it's good
3: because it teaches be you some yeah, it teaches you something, definitely.
1: Absolutely. That is a great place for us to begin to wrap our conversation up. But I do want to save a minute for you to be able to tell people listening where they can learn more about the business. Is there a website? Is there social media? How can people find you guys?
3: Yeah um we have a website it's timlawton.com um but our instagram is the good stuff <laughs> it's Lotta martial arts um yeah and we have facebook too but um tim lawton the instagram is the the good good stuff the real stuff
1: connect with marcella and the team on those platforms marcella this has been great i really i really appreciate your willingness to share your perspective as a business owner with our community so i'm excited to see what the future holds for you guys and and i wish you nothing but the best
3: thank you so much thank you for inviting us this was fun
1: of course to everyone who tuned in thank you as well don't forget if you'd like to be notified about future episodes hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Gym Lords out.
0: Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com.